think that we can get much higher than this. You're listening to Can't Get Much Higher, a podcast and newsletter about the intersection of music and data. My name is Chris Dallariva, and I am your host. As I just mentioned, and I've talked about it in the past, there is a newsletter component to Can't Get Much Higher. People who subscribe to the newsletter get some additional content that's not available on the podcast. And one thing that I've been working through there is a project where I ever count every concert that I've ever gone to. There are hundreds. It's been a lot of fun. And if you've been following that, you'll know that I love music festivals. So far, I've been to four, Bonnaroo, Austin City Limits, Boston Calling, and Bamboozle. I've had a great time at all of them, but over the last decade, headline after headline has claimed that music festivals are all the same. Here, for example, is the New York Times in 2015. Music festivals scramble for the same headline talent. Here's Quartz a year later. It's true. Every music festival is starting to look the same. Here's USA Today in 2019. America's biggest music festivals are more skippable than ever. Here's GQ that same year. How to pick a music festival when they all sound the same. And here's Vice in 2023. Why do all the music festival lineups look and feel the same? As you can see, most of these articles are 5 to 10 years old. Additionally, they are generally small in scope, looking at just a year or two to come to their conclusions. Because of this, I decided to weigh in on this debate. If you wanted to go to a big music festival in 2023 but stipulated that Kendrick Lamar be one of the headliners, you were in luck. The Compton rapper was performing at Austin City Limits, Bonnaroo, Governor's Ball, Lollapalooza, Opener, Oceaga, Outside Lands, Primavera Sound Barcelona, and Roskilde. In other words, you could make a musical pilgrimage to Denmark, California, Spain, Texas, and a few other places and still get to shout along to Lamar's hit, Humble. But was Kendrick Lamar being booked at tons of festivals in 2023 an industry-wide trend? Or did he just happen to finagle a ton of bookings that year? To answer this question, I collected every artist that was booked between 2013 and 2023 at 12 major festivals. Austin City Limits, Bonnaroo, Coachella, Glastonbury, Governor's Ball, Hangout, Lollapalooza, Opener, Oceaga, Outside Lands, Primavera Sound Barcelona, and Roskilde. I then sliced and diced these bookings in a bunch of different ways to try to understand if festivals were becoming more homogenous. Before we get to the nuts and bolts of this homogeneity question, here are some miscellaneous facts that caught my eye. First, across the decade, there were 15,226 total bands and 6,876 unique bands booked across these festivals, meaning that 45% of acts were booked at least two times. Second, only seven artists played at all 12 festivals over the decade. Kendrick Lamar, Tame Impala, Haim, Father John Misty, Mac DeMarco, Foles, and Lizzo. And third, Chromio and Vince Staples set the record by playing 10 of the 12 festivals in a single year. Chromio did it in 2014, Vince Staples did it in 2016. Now, let's turn back to the important question at hand. Are major music festivals booking the same acts more frequently? The simplest way to answer this question is to look at a uniqueness rate, meaning what percentage of artists were booked at exactly one of the 12 festivals in any given year? The answer? most. Within any year in the decade, between 68% and 85% of acts were only booked at one festival. That 85% occurred in 2020 when many festivals either never announced a lineup or canceled because of the COVID-19 pandemic. If we ignore 2020 and 2021, when much of the same thing occurred, the upper bound of that range goes from 85% to 77%. In other words, most acts on a festival lineup are only going to be on that one lineup. Furthermore, the relative number of acts only booked on a single lineup has increased. In 2013, the uniqueness rate was 70%. In 2023, it was 77%. Maybe looking across entire festival lineups isn't fair, though. 
Coachella, for example, booked over 150 musical acts in 2023. Glastonbury booked over 240. To flesh out a lineup that large, festivals need to book a bunch of small, unknown acts that aren't going to get booked elsewhere. Maybe if we focus exclusively on headliners, or the first 10% of artists to appear on a lineup, we will see a different pattern. We don't. Within any given year in the decade, between 58% and 88% of headliners were only booked at one festival. There is generally less uniqueness than when looking across the entire lineup, but this is still quite unique. Even in the worst year, there was almost a 60% chance that whoever was headlining one of the festivals was not appearing at any of the other festivals. Furthermore, the headliner uniqueness rate increased from 62% to 66% across the decade. At this point, I was scratching my head a bit. As I mentioned earlier, you don't have to look very far to find a bunch of articles claiming that every major music festival is now the same. Here, for example, is a quote from the 2019 USA Today article lamenting music festival homogeneity. Quote, Last week saw the rollouts of the Lollapalooza and Woodstock 50 lineups, and despite their drastically different locations, the tops of their lineups didn't look much different from Coachella, Governor's Ball, Boston Calling, Bonnaroo, and the rest of America's biggest festivals. The best advice for fans clamoring to get tickets? Save your money, considering music festivals have turned into a homogenized gimmick for big businesses that barely allow concert goers the serendipity of discovering new acts. End quote. That is a bold claim that I don't see much proof for. Still, I wanted to give this perspective a fair shake. It is the online consensus, and given the amount of consolidation in the live event space, it would make sense if lineups were becoming more similar. One way that I thought my analysis could be biased is if larger festivals booking tons of unique acts is drowning out the homogenization of smaller festivals. To try to understand if this was the case, I took Primavera Sound Barcelona, the largest, most unique festival, and compared it to Governor's Ball, the smallest, least unique festival. I did this because the uniqueness rate of basically every other festival will fall between these two. In 2013, only 27% of artists booked at Governor's Ball were not booked at any other festival in our sample. What that means in practice is that if you were busy during the June weekend that Governor's Ball occurred, you could have waited two months and caught 33% of those GovPol acts at Lollapalooza. By contrast, 61% of acts booked at Primavera Sound Barcelona in 2013 were booked at no other festivals in our sample. So, if you wanted to see Jesus and the Mary Chain at one of those 2013 festivals, you'd have to get a ticket to Primavera Sound Barcelona. In other words, uniqueness is highly dependent on the festival. That said, every festival except for Opener and Roskilde saw their uniqueness rate increase across the decade. So, despite the range of uniqueness, it does seem like festivals are getting more unique rather than less unique. What about headliners, though? Do they tell a different story? Somewhat. Four of 12 festivals saw the uniqueness rate for their headliners decrease between 2013 and 2023. Furthermore, headliner uniqueness is notably lower than all lineup uniqueness. In fact, some festivals, like Oceaga in 2016, had no unique headliners within that year. Still, this might not be the best way to look at this. The Lumineers were one of those Oceaga 2016 headliners. Among the festivals we tracked, the only other that they headlined in 2016 was Glastonbury. Is it fair to penalize Oceaga because one of their biggest artists booked one other big festival? Probably not. I'll spare you the details about calculating a weighted uniqueness rate per festival and just tell you what I think all of this means. First, in the last decade, music festivals have generally gotten more unique at the full lineup and headliner level. Second, uniqueness is highly dependent on the festival. Certain festivals will book acts that you can see at scores of other locations, while other will book more exclusively. Third, 
Most complaints about festival homogeneity are driven by people noticing a few headliners on multiple lineups. This bias doesn't really reflect festival evolution at large. Keeping these ideas in mind, I think there's one criticism that largely rings true. As time has gone on, major music festivals have less of an identity. Let's take Bonnaroo as an example. When Bonnaroo emerged in 2002, it focused on rock music with a heavy bias toward jam bands, including Widespread Panic, String Cheese Incident, Humphreys McGee, and various projects made up of members of the Grateful Dead and Fish, respectively. Though I think Bonnaroo is the major festival you are still most likely to see jam bands at, in fact they're the only festival we tracked to book Fish in the last decade, they now offer a much wider variety of music, including hip-hop, EDM, and pop. This is a pattern we've seen at most major festivals, and it's likely been accelerated by the fact that many of these festivals are now owned by major corporations. Live Nation, for example, now owns Bonnaroo, Governor's Ball, and a slew of other festivals. As Live Nation chases larger profits, they likely need their bookings to attract as many people as possible. Nevertheless, if you haven't been to a music festival, I recommend you go to one. And I don't just mean one of these giant festivals. There are scores of great genre-focused festivals all over the world. Festivals are a fantastic way to be exposed to a ton of talented artists in a short amount of time. I wouldn't know many of the bands I like today had I not traveled hundreds of miles to Rome festival grounds, following my ear wherever it took me. As always, we recommend a new song and an old song each week. This week's new song comes from Tanner Usri. It's called Pick Up Your Phone, but it's the acoustic version. One of my favorite traditions each year is to trawl through festival lineups looking for new artists to listen to. There's usually a ton of talent scattered throughout lineups, especially in the small text at the bottom. While I was looking through lineups this year, I came across an interesting artist on the last line of Bonnaroo's Day 3 lineup, Tanner Usri. Usri, a country singer with some soul buried in his voice, had been making music for years when he got a surprise email from Paramount. They wanted to use his song The Light in the hit show Yellowstone. On the back of that sink and a growing fan base, Usri signed to Atlantic Records and released Crossing Lines, his major label debut. Recently, he put out a deluxe version of that record, which included some acoustic renditions of previously released songs. One of those was the acoustic version of Pick Up the Phone, a burning ballad with hints of Tyler Childers that hits like a punch to the gut. Pick up your phone I need someone to talk to Cause it's 3am I've been drinking again I miss home In a town no one knows I've felt so long Surrounded by strangers That think that they know me But they don't I know I've been living too fast But I can't slow it down And I won't live too long like that There's a postcard on the table Says welcome to Arkansas But you're back in Dallas and I'm staring at this motel wall So tell me, are you scared? Cause I'm out here living free In the night when you're sleeping, tell me, are you dreaming of me? I 
woke up on the floor again Sweating poison from my veins I don't know what I've become But I know that it's something that I hate And I know Been living too fast But I can't slow it down And I won't live too long like that Pick up your phone And tell me that you need me Cause this world's closing in And I just can't shake that feel Pick up your phone The old song this week takes us back to 1969 and it's called I Feel Like I'm Fixin' to Die Rag, live at Woodstock by Country Joe and the Fish. I'm convinced that everybody has a song that they heard when they were young that they knew their parents wouldn't have wanted them to listen to. For me, it was Eminem's My Name Is. I was at my friend Jake's house in elementary school when his older brother put the song on while we played Nintendo 64. I was not only appalled by Marshall Mathers' grotesque rhymes, but I was 100% certain I didn't want my mother to know that I'd heard them. I've asked people older and younger than me about this universal experience. When I posed the question to my Uncle Frank, my mom's oldest brother, he noted a few songs, but the first that came to mind was Country Joe's performance of I Feel Like I'm Fixin' a Die Rag at Woodstock. A Vietnam protest anthem, Country Joe's trippy rag is just as fiery as when it came out in the 1960s. Give me an F! Give me a U! Give me a C! Well, come on, all of you big, strong men. Uncle Sam, did you help again? Got himself in a terrible jam. Way down yonder in Vietnam. Put down your books and pick up a gun. We're gonna have a whole lot of fun. And it's one, two, three. What are we fighting for? Don't ask me, I don't give a damn. The next stop is Vietnam. And it's five, six, seven. Open up the pearly gates. Well, there ain't no Fuckers out there, I want you to start singing. 
Come on! And it's one, two, three. What are we fighting for? Don't ask me, I don't give a damn. The next stop is Vietnam. And it's five, six, seven. Open up the pearly gates. Well, I ain't no time to wonder why. Woo! I'm gonna die. Now come on, mothers throughout the land. Pack your boys off to Vietnam. Come on, fathers, don't hesitate. And send your sons off before it's too late. Be the first one on your block. Have your boy come home in a box. All right. One, two, three. What are we fighting for? Don't ask me, I don't give a damn. The next stop is Vietnam. And it's five, six, seven. Open up the pearly gates. Well, I ain't no time to wonder why. Whoopee, all gonna die. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. And that's the podcast for this week. Again, my name is Chris Dallariva. I am the host of Can't Get Much Higher. And as a reminder, there is also a newsletter component to Can't Get Much Higher. You should go subscribe to that if you want additional content that is not available on the podcast. Whether you want that or not, please like, rate, subscribe, follow me on social media. I'm very easy to find. If not, or in any case, we will see you next week. Mm -hmm.